Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. My talkers, we are hanging out right now with Lori and Julia down at Showplace Icon Theaters here for Project Down and Dirty Film Fest. And we had a great day filming to guys, did we not? Oh, that was hysterical. <laughs> that was hysterical. I got up at 5 a.m. to start putting my wardrobe uh, together for yeah. the day. I would imagine, based on what I saw. Oh, mm -hmm. and Julia came in. I mean, Julia. and then uh, we I, had we came in help with from... We're having help from friends, very talented I, it, friends. This is the this is the thing because we've all determined the three of us zero talent in this mm -hmm. in sort of acting, acting. Yeah, yeah. So we're surrounding us ourselves with talent, the very best, and that's mm -hmm. true. That Which is, is true. so great for our movie that we're making. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so funny. We we're I, I promise you guys. I <laughs> I tweeted this last night. I said I can promise you guys this. Your shows at my talk are working very hard. Yes. To give you entertainment, like, unbelievable entertainment. Mm -hmm. P.S. Don't forget to donate um, to whatever go. charity you like. Of course, we're raising money for the Alexander House, mm -hmm. and we're at um, we almost have sixteen hundred dollars. We yes. do, and the other teams are you know doing well, but they've all been on the air today. So now our people are really going to crank up their wallets, mm -hmm. and we've got a little incentive for them today based on a story <laughs> you told us yesterday because. Every movie has to include a creepy doll. Yes. The MyTalk people voted on it. Yes. That's what won. And so it has to be in a scene in a movie. And that brought up a story about you yeah. having a doll. Yes. My mother has had a doll in our house our, my entire life that has my baby outfit on. And the story goes... Like your first my like, picture? My first baby picture. It's like an American doll for you. Yes, of me. Of boy. The mm -hmm. story behind it is, I thought my godmother gave it to her, but I talked to my mom last night, and i got to give Bev credit here. She she made this at a ceramic class, this doll <laughs> herself. She painted the face and everything, and so she... and the, the, the Creepily looks like you. It kind of does. In a cute little way. Yes. Yeah. A cute, creepy way. And so this doll, we have a picture of me as a baby, my first baby picture, uh -huh. and the doll, and we want to release these two photos on social media if we can reach our goal today of getting to $2,500. Yes. Oh, we want to get to $2,500 by like 4.30. Okay, 4.30. Yeah. And then we'll have another little little we goal do, and yes. just see how yes. much people have appreciated their 20 years of LoJ. A dollar a year. But yes, <laughs> if you want to see a little baby Grant, which is pretty funny, it and is, the doll is... This it's, picture is priceless. The is. two side by side. It is uncanny. <laughs> yes. It's unbelievable, Grant. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so I got to give really, uh, yesterday, I don't think I gave my godmother as much credit. I didn't realize she Does she, she made listen it. to Bev? She's a diehard My Talker. Oh, my gosh. She's oh, all the shows. So Bev, you've Beverly. got a future in making Bev. creepy baby dolls. <laughs> <laughs> you do. It's you amazing. Do. So thank you, Bev. We do. Okay, so we want to get to 2,500 for the, for the release of the doll. Picks. Okay, lovely. And um, we got to give a shout out to Angelo who just 
Angeles gave $600, not to us, but to another charity. But That's thank so you. Nice. Thank That's you, so generous. And people, Anonymous gave 100 I mean, people are really giving a lot of money. So thank you, everybody, to donating. Yeah. If to whatever charity. I mean, we're here to raise money exactly. for charities that don't usually get money raised for them. Right. And, and so awareness and about bringing, the organizations. And, and I just really, that's like super generous. So $600, very nice. Any amount is, is huge. It's yeah. huge. Any amount. And like Lori said, um, we're just really, you know, we think a dollar a year <laughs> since we've been on the air <laughs> is do. not asking too much. That's a $20 donation. Right. And we're not, we have such a great show today. We're super excited. Grant oh, arranged wow. us. We're talking to Mike Rinder, who, um, with along with Leah Remini, did the TV show on A&E, Scientology in the Aftermath. Um, which just exposed so many people to the bad things Scientology well, does. And Mike Rinder is, you know, he was raised in Scientology. Yes. And when he left, I think, at the age of 52, I mean, his wife divorced him, his mom, his sister, no one talks to him. He's, his children don't talk to him. Right, and he's been smeared by Scientology. And uh, this is the first book, I believe, that he's written. And he is the one... That orchestrated Scientology getting tax exempt status oh. back yes. in the day. Yes, he is. He reached the highest wow. level yes. wow. in Scientology. Former senior executive yep. of Scientology. And Scientology, you know how they attack. Just attack. Here's the website they sent up. Who is Mike Rinder? They do this for everybody yeah. who leaves. They did this for Leah Remini, yep. Paul Haggis, anyone who does anything, they will start smearing, attacking following he gets surveilled yep. his garbage this is all still happening and he's been gone like at least to, i don't know it's since the late two aughts like yeah. 2007 or 9 I think. something like yeah. that and wow. yeah he's we're excited to talk to him and uh his first book is called a billion years my escape from a life in the highest ranks of scientology headlines everywhere. everywhere so this mm -hmm. is a big hit. thanks Graham. Yeah. this is really exciting today mm -hmm. so that's at 3 30. and mike's real excited to be here i was oh talking my gosh with his, I, connection well and he knows tony ortega Take at that. the underground bunker who's a friend of our show yes, and, and leah remini you know she's sister. been on our show and her sister listens yes. so should be fun nicole yeah and my brother um is the one who actually alerted me to mike having a book come out because my brother is really follows you know everything what's going on he he just gets so incensed at what they've done to families huh. and people mm -hmm. and so he's the one who told me a couple months ago hey yeah mike uh, and i ended up sliding into his dms on twitter julia and said, oh dear yeah i know it oh, i never have slid dear. into anybody's dms before <laughs> uh -huh. either of i don't know how to do it uh, yeah <laughs> So anyway, and then he told me like who you could get him. Yeah, so thanks, Grant. Very, for, very cool. Yeah, so it pays sometimes to just have somebody doing a little research for you. Sliding, yes, yeah. you know. Yes, and so we're raising money for the Alexander House. Yes, um, which their mission is to uh, support and 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 educate people about domestic um, violence, domestic violence mm -hmm. and pretty pretty powerful yeah. organization and it's a tough topic yes and uh we've found that sometimes people are like oh well i don't know if i want to give my money to that because there's a blame and shame thing that goes on mm -hmm. with domestic violence but it can happen to anybody exactly and hopefully some mm -hmm. people who maybe are experiencing it right now can just hear and know that this is a great resource mm -hmm. to have yes so donating yes. is one thing but we want also people to hear that there is a place 
yes. that they can go if they need help. That's right. right. Thank you, Grant. I know it. I I'm know losing it. my voice from I, all I, of our strenuous um, Lori, movie performing and acting. I'm listening to that. I'm thinking, oh, gosh, here we go. Well, Julia, <laughs> I mean, it's real. I lose my voice. Do you guys remember earlier when uh, Bill, the sound guy, yelled at me for laughing too much during film? Oh, well, I know. So you might hear my giggle in the back of the movie at some you point You have a time, great giggle. And that was not intentional. I got in trouble for it. <laughs> he looked at me like... Quiet on the set. Yes, I don't realize we're not doing radio, you know, so... Yeah, those mics pick up everything. Yeah, you guys were hysterical today. Oh, we'll see. All right, listen, um, uh, go to my talk 1071 If you are inclined to give a donation, that would be so appreciated. And we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of in the movie um gee <laughs> this one's kind of an easy one for us we are um you know broadcasting from the twin twin cities film fest headquarters at showplace icon in st louis park um all week for project down and dirty we are raising money for the alexander house and we want to thank our recent people clinton anonymous 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 and Angela again for the six hundred dollars. Thank you everybody for donating. We know. Um, so where are we at for our goal? We're of at eighteen hundred. So okay. we just need another. Yeah, and do the math. Yeah, do the 700. math. Seven hundred. Seven hundred. There we go. Seven hundred thirty to get you to your amazing photo. Did you see how I quickly knew that number? Mm -hmm. I didn't even do. Can the math. I tell you why? Why? I have been partaking in um, <sighs> math class. Well, sort of. It's called cribbage online, but I do my own adding. Okay. Because the machine will do it for you, and I'm trying to play cribbage pro mm -hmm. and doing all my own adding. Mm -hmm. Nice. I feel like it's helping me. I I'm not going to argue with you because if I you also say it's true. I believe you. belong to something else where I do math online, and um, I fail all the time. And I'm like, I try to get to the next one. It reminds me why I got kicked out of Arizona State University. I couldn't <laughs> pass the math class. Yeah, business and then not being Just able to division. do the math is division. I can do percent. We can do percentages, oh. not division. Anyway, okay. So you were so delighted because we saw two people do an interview together that we've really never seen. I, I don't recall. I mean, we've seen them on a couple of red carpets, and we were talking about George and Amal Clooney. And they you were, know who you are. Yeah, and Mr. and Mrs. Clooney. Say my name. You say my name, and George. And they were on with Gail King on <laughs> yeah. CBS Morning uh, News. And so the only time I've ever really seen them together and talking is a little bit of chit-chat on a red carpet. Remember that very first year they were married? Mm -hmm. She went to the red carpet, and Joan Collins then at the SAG Award showed us how to do gloves because the mall wore white gloves Yes, with a black gown, and Joan Collins made a point of coming to everybody and showing black gloves are what you wear right. on a red carpet. Because so, white are to be worn at, at royal events, I thought. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So anyway, but they talked a little bit, but I don't really ever remember seeing them sit down together for an interview. And they have a foundation, and they do all kinds of amazing work. And she's an incredible lawyer, and I love their love story. Oh. You know, I love your love story with Jeff, and I love George and Amal's Thank love you. story. And oh. we love Scott right now. Thank you for your donation. Okay, uh -huh. so, but, you know, they really did find each other. So, of course, this is the second part of the interview where Gail is now, they're done talking about the serious stuff, and she just wants to gouge about their yeah. romance. Yes. Back with more of our conversation with Amal and, Amal and George Clooney. Look at the way these two look, look at each other. I can't get over this. The power couple joined us in studio on a very big day for them. It was their eighth wedding anniversary. 
They told us all about falling in love, raising their kids, and the one thing they say they've never done. As we sit here today, it's your eighth wedding anniversary. Yes. And George people said, George Clooney's, at the time, Amal, George Clooney's getting married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come George on, Clooney's man. getting married. Eight years. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were known as a confirmed bachelor. But yes. you met Amal Clooney, and what happened to you, George? I was no longer confirmed. <laughs> it was easy. It was the minute she walked in the door. I was just, you know, taken by her. And, uh, and the fun part was, you know, we didn't, I didn't know whether, you know, she would like me or any of those things. And then... Uh, Wait, George, stop it. And then we didn't know if Amal would like you. Yes. And, I, you know, and, and then, you know, she's this extraordinarily, you know, fun, smart beautiful great woman and you know it was uh, I, I was just very taken with her and i started writing her letters what, what did you like what what did you from, say actually what did he say from, all in the, letter? the letters um some of them came from his dog and <laughs> oh, it was it was sort of the, you know who's gonna be mad at a dog <laughs> the, dog, the, dog. the <laughs> dog needed a human rights lawyer to rescue him yeah, from I the wine that. cellar i remember that yeah. was uh -huh. so you of course knew who he was amal but were you taken with him too I definitely or did you think was. he's a Hollywood movie star? I don't know. I met him and I thought, I'm so glad that there's someone like him in the world. I didn't necessarily imagine that I would get to spend my life with him or that we would have this incredible family. Yeah. So it now took me by surprise. She screwed my life up. Man. <laughs> I, I was a, a, life was easy for me. And yeah, now I got now twins running kids. around. Yes, yes. What do they do, guys, that just delight you? Because I know at five, they are very chatty. You know, and I. Well, we've we made a terrible what mistake. What? Oh. Well, we we yeah. you know taught them Italian. Oh. But we don't speak Italian. Oh, okay. So we've armed them with a language that they can harm us Whoa. with. That's true. And we don't really know what they're they. They both speak Italian. Yeah, and French. Now. No, I thought. And you what were do you say for? that what delights you is that your son? I'm from Kentucky. You know, English is my second language. <laughs> what? What? Do uh, I so our son is now a big prankster and yeah. he's he's basically you've taught him all of these lessons and he's now pranking his dad back alexander's favorite superhero is batman oh you know? and he goes you know i said what's your favorite superhero he goes you know batman and i go you know i was batman and he goes yeah but not anymore <laughs> I was like, if only he knew how how true that was well people are so delighted that you're together and somebody told me once you know whenever you're talking to a couple the question isn't how do you make it work? It's how do you stay together? What is it that you give to each other that makes you stay together? I think it starts with love, George. I do think that. Well, it does start with love. I yeah. mean, it's sort of the whole secret to it. I, it's never, ever been even, I mean, it's funny. That's not even a question that we would even. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Think of, I mean, it's just been easy. Listen, Has it been easy? Easy. Like, the easiest thing in our lives, by far. We've never had a It's maddening argument. to some of our yeah. friends. I have a cousin, actually, every time we see him, he's like, his first question is, so have you had an argument yet? <laughs> like, before Seriously? he says hello. Yeah. Would but, you like us to write down? <laughs> you feel better? No. It could be a first. <laughs> no. Okay, that's good. That's good. But that's they were so, so cute wow. together. And I love that she introduced them all first, Amal and George mm-hmm. Clooney. And... Um, Gail was kind of stepping all over the two of them. I can't believe the twins are already five years old. They're five years old, yeah. And we've only just seen that one little photo of them. I but know. anyway, I just thought that I just thought it was just a breath of morning fresh air because it was just, pretty much, you know, a weather woody type of situation with this this category five hurricane in right. Florida. Yes. And, and stuff. we have a lot of friends who have places in Naples oh my gosh. and Fort Myers and yeah, so many Minnesota people that have are homes. worried yes. about their homes and I have friends who are friends? traveling yes. there this weekend. No, oh, wow. so pretty much all of the news was that this morning. Because it's and coming yes. right on land. Yeah. And, right. And uh so they had taped this a couple days ago because okay. she they've been in new york and they go out when to dinner is this every movie night happening oh they showed a trailer for that in the middle of bachelor to paradise ticket to paradise ticket to paradise yeah. it had a special little good right away at the top of the show they did a trailer i think it's october okay of october. with julia roberts where their divorced parents and they their daughter has suddenly met someone wants to get married right away right away that's and right. they're going to kibosh it Something like that. And they're I think on a fabulous yes. destination wedding Tahiti that they're going to go try to cancel it out. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. So anyway, so they had taped that interview a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd been seeing paparazzi photos. And she always wears, like, the greatest clothes. Oh, she, wow. Oh, my gosh. She's gorgeous. And she's tall and lean. And they're just such a good-looking couple. Thanks. And I'm so delighted. They're so happy. I love how he said until she came and screwed up my life. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then the dog, if you need a romance. Romantic yeah. tactic. Yeah, right. Send Write a letter someone a letter dog. from your dog. Pet. I love that. That's, so That's a baller move. That's a, that is a baller is. move. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to Mike Rinder with us. This is Lori and Julia on My Talk. Hey, everybody. We are, <laughs> we are so excited. We have a really great book for you guys. It's the Loj Book Club. So remember, if you go to the uh, book club restaurant, restaurant and you mention Lori and Julia or the book club, you can get a free appetizer or free Dessert. dessert with with your meal with your meal and we have a really we're so excited mike rinder is joining us he's written a book called a billion years my escape from a life in the highest ranks of scientology mike thank you so much for joining us oh you're very welcome ladies oh okay, my gosh we're we, huge fans of yours yeah, we're, and and we are in admiration and awe of you and your um and really how we got to know you was through uh, the Scientology and the Aftermath show on A&E. With but Leah we're just Rem- in, We're in admiration of, of what you're doing to expose Scientology in their evil ways. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me on, and thank you for being fans. Oh, we've, we've really been kind of obsessed with Scientology forever, but, you know, maybe just to help everybody understand, because you were, you know... We're in Scientology. You were at the very top. What was your decision in 2007? What was the final straw that made you leave Scientology? Well, uh, I was in London at the time dealing with a reporter from the BBC named John Sweeney. Um, And John was 
uh, intrepidly uh, pursuing a line of inquiry about the the fact that David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology, was physically assaulting people, and he showed up at the Scientology uh, building in London, and I happened to be there, and he had a camera crew, and he came out, and he was basically pressing me on the fact that David Miscavige was physically assaulting people, and I was denying it and saying it was lies and that, you know, we were going to sue the BBC. And he said, well, I've got, you know, eyewitnesses that say that David Miscavige has been physically beating on you. And I said, oh, no, that's not true. Well, it was very true. And it was something that I was, you know, sort of uh, ate away at me. This is not why I got into Scientology. I, I didn't come here to be the spokesperson to protect David Miscavige, who was around beating people up and abusing them. Um, I wanted, you know, it like just rubbed me the wrong way. I had done a lot in Scientology and a lot as the spokesperson, but this one was like, oh God, how can I be defending this indefensible thing? But what had kept me there was the fact that I had two children and a wife who were also uh, part of what's called the Sea Organization or the like the inner circle of Scientology. And I did not want to lose them uh, shortly thereafter. And I described this at some length in the book. I, um, Miscavige said, well, you're never coming back to the United States. I'm going to send you to the, the farthest reaches of the world in disgrace. And I went, okay, well, I guess that's it. There's nothing more for me to be around for. I'm escaping. And and you escaped and you left. I mean, basically your whole family disconnected from you. Correct. Yeah, my, my children, my wife, my mother, my brother, my sister, my nieces, my nephews, everybody who was in Scientology, which at that time was my, or well, it still is, my entire family. Mm-hmm. Have you, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Mike Rinder. His book is A Billion Years, His Escape from Scientology, A Life at the Highest Level of Scientology. And, you know, we got to know you when Leah Remini and you did Scientology in the Aftermath starting in 2016. Emmy winning, by yes. the way. <laughs> and we know that you also have a podcast that you do with Leah called Fair Game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mike. Leah didn't leave until 2013. You left in 2007. Were you alone or were you looking for other people that had left? Because you were at such a high level. Well, I, uh, fortunately for me, there were other people who I had known very well. Uh, one of whom was Tom DeVocht, who was uh, uh, someone that had sort of grown up in Scientology with me. And he had left a little, like maybe a year before. And I first reached out to him. I contacted him from London and arranged to fly to see and stay with him in Orlando. And then um, I reached out to the two people who were like my closest and oldest friends in when I was in Scientology which happened to be Ronnie and Biddy Miscavige, which was David Miscavige, the leader of Scientology's older brother and his wife. And I had known Biddy since I first arrived in the Sea Org in 1973, and she was very close friends with my wife, 
and they had left also some two or three years before I did, or maybe a little bit more than that. And they very kindly took me in and gave me a place to live and helped me find my first job and sort of get me on my feet. Right, because we we know from watching Scientology in the Aftermath and watching, you know, the movie that was done, um, I can't think of the name of it right now, and really we've... Going we've clear. Going yeah, clear, going thank clear. you. And re- reading that book. And, and reading the book and just following Scientology because we all really, really, really got exposed to it when Tom Cruise jumped the couch and his sister started taking over his PR and how in-depth... <laughs> I mean, really, kind of, that was like the moment. So, you know, your book is getting excerpts all over. Yeah, and, read um, reviews. We're so delighted that you're on with us today. And you talked about the reason you're leaving because the head of this quote-unquote church, the Church of Scientology, was an abusive man who beat you. And if mm-hmm. you know that... How does a person, and this is what we always struggle with, how does a person like Tom Cruise, who must know this, continue to be in that organization? Well, the best answer I have for that is, A, I did for a long time. And it, you know, what, what ultimately causes people to wake up and leave is the very individual, you know, thing. There's no common formula for what that is. But if you promise someone and you dangle a carrot in front of them of uh, eternal salvation or you'll be able to improve your life or you can help every man, woman, and child on planet Earth, as long as you follow this path, that is a very, very powerful motivating factor. You know, Larry Wright didn't call his book Going Clear Scientology in the Prison of Belief for no reason. It mm-hmm. is a prison of belief. And, you know, you can persuade someone that there is something good to be had, even if you do bad things or think bad things or act in a bad way that it's for the greatest good and you know this will be ultimately the the your salvation and the salvation for a lot of other people that will hold a lot of people in place for a long time and it will prevent them from seeing what the real truth is because they just reject it out of hand and go oh, this is just lies, or oh, this Mm -hmm. is people trying to stop mankind's only hope. And that is the the hold that Scientology has over people and why they tolerate things that normal people would just go, I'd never put up with that, I'd just walk out. Right. Yes, normal people do, would, but they're not normal people. They have been indoctrinated into a belief system that leads them to hang on to the hope that something good is coming it's so wild um to hear you say that because people on the outside were like what is wrong with all those people how do they believe in this crazy making well that's why like with leah remini was you know fascinating because she was really you know she didn't have a choice she was a kid and that does happen with second and third generation scientologists but for her her epiphany the famous where's shelley and that became yeah. something that 
we, we, you know, everyone instantly knows what that means now. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible, Mike. Just the two of you, what yes, you've done. Yes, it is. I, I honestly, I got to say, I, I am very proud of the work that we did with the Aftermath show because mm-hmm. it brought the stories of individual Scientologists yes. into the the you know the minds and the homes of people all over the country and they looked and they went hmm i get it these are just they're normal people they're not crazies they're not uh nutcases that that could have been me that could have been me that got involved in this and Mm -hmm. for because it's very easy to dismiss something like scientology and just go oh yeah well i'd never get involved that's that's just for the the weak and disabled and the mentally mentally incapacitated. It's not. It it attracts good people. And Agreed. Organizations yes. like Scientology do that. They attract good people. You know what? We have to take a quick break, Mike. We're with Mike Rinder, his new book, his first book, his memoir, A Billion Years, My Escape from a Life at the Highest Ranks of Scientology. Just came out on September 27th. I have no idea the date today. We're doing this. Tuesday was his book birthday. Mike, we're making a film right now for charity, and we just, we don't know what day it is. (laughs) And um, when we come back, (laughs) it's the truth. We want to know what, why now? Why did you decide to release this book now? If you can hang on for a minute. Okay, I will tell you. Okay. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. This is Lori and Julia. We're broadcasting live from the Twin Cities Film Fest headquarters. We will be right back. The movie is Grease. The topic is the Low J Book Club. We are so delighted. We've got a great book recommendation for you. Mike Rinder is joining us. We could talk to you for two hours, Mike. Uh, his book, A Billion Years, My Escape from a Life in the Highest Ranks of, of Scientology. And and you you were in it. I mean, Mike, you were young age, signed your billion-year contract. I mean, so you have got stories for days. And Juliet asked you before we went on the break, what made you want to write this book now? Well, honestly, a lot of people have asked me, well, why, why haven't you ever written a book? Why didn't you write a book? And I started, and I couldn't really <laughs> get myself uh, interested to apply myself enough, and I was worried that I wouldn't get everything right, and that I'd forgotten stuff, and blah, blah, blah. And then COVID hit. And mm-hmm. We couldn't do any TV shows. We weren't doing, uh, basically, nothing was happening. And my wife said to me, okay, why don't you occupy your time now and actually write the book? Mm. And I went, yep, okay, I should. It'll probably be, in the end, helpful to me. And it, it ultimately, it really was. It was very cathartic to finally get everything out like i've told various bits and pieces of things that have occurred in my life but never been able to put it all together and i guess delve also into the thought processes like what was i thinking at the time what how was i viewing things and that's i i feel a very important part of this book is to help people understand how you can get you know get people or persuade people to do things that aren't in their best interests Mm -hmm. 
You know, um, Mike, one of the things, so Julia and I have been on the radio for 20 years, so since 2002, and gossip is our middle name. And one of the things <laughs> that, is, that has given, I mean, I re, we remember when Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise were filming the Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut, because we were just fascinated that this movie was taking forever, to forever and there was some... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease gossip coming out of England and if you can just share a little bit of what went on because it was shortly after that that, that they got divorced but not sh- until he remarried her and you know what yeah. I mean he did this big thing I right. mean that's a fascinating story yeah well I don't know much about the remarriage and all that sort of stuff yeah. but I do know that David Miscavige became increasingly agitated that Tom had sort of dropped out of of touch with him while he was off shooting eyes wide shut on the notoriously closed set of Stanley Kubrick. And Mm -hmm. as you said, it was happening in London and there was a secondary fear that Nicole was, you know, sort of dragging Tom away from Scientology. And there had always been a worry about Nicole because her father is a psychiatrist. And that is a big, big, big no-no in Scientology. Psychiatry uh, is the devil. And, uh, you know, had she not been the the other half of the, the Tom Cruise world, she would not have been in Scientology. She would not have been allowed to be in Scientology. And Miscavige was pretty panicked that Tom Cruise was being weaned away from the Scientology world by Nicole when they were out of touch and out of sort of the influence of Scientology while they were shooting that film. And in fact, he sent me to visit with uh, Tom's sister, Leanne, who was, I'm not sure if she'd become his publicist by then, maybe, maybe not, but to meet with Leanne and find out what was going on and you know and Leanne reassured me everything's fine and Tom's fine and Nicole's fine and yes they're just busy and they're stuck on the set and you know of course I went back and reported that to Miscavige and he was like nope and he then dispatched Marty Rathbun ultimately to go bring Tom back into the fold and the you know the final outcome of that was he got back being the more dedicated Scientologist, and she ended up uh, going off to start a new life and no longer active in Scientology. 
Yeah, and you know, we always were fascinated, too, within the whole rollout of Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes. It was just so, that just gave us uh, fodder for days, but we were, I feel like there's truth to the fact that Katie Holmes left Scientology because at six, kids start getting indoctrinated, and she didn't want that for Surrey. Is that true? I have no idea. Okay. I have not talked to Katie. I'm, I, I've never even met Katie. She came along after, you after gone. I was already, you know, in the hole. So mm-hmm. I don't really know the answer to that. There, I mean, I guess there is some uh, reason to believe that that could be true because, yes, it is true that Scientology auditing typically starts being done when a child is around the age of six. I mean, that so just freaks me out when I think of some of the questions they right. get asked. Yeah, I know. They are pretty bizarre. <laughs> and So if you're just joining us, we're with Mike Rinder. He has written his memoir, A Billion Years. It just came out yesterday, My Escape from a Life at the Highest Ranks of Scientology. And, you know, from you know, we're friends with Tony Ortega, the underground bunker. He used to write for the Village Voice and has always been... On top of all things Scientology, and it used to be that, you know, if you were in no the media, cover it. you couldn't even cover it. Do you, Mike, you know, you said writing this book kind of put things in perspective for you uh, and want other people to know that good people get sucked into this, mm-hmm. uh, the promise. Mm-hmm. And, and I got to be honest, I remember when there was a Scientology or Christian Dynamic Center. I don't know if they're the same thing or something downtown Minneapolis, and I'd like walk on the other side of the street because I'm like, I'm kind of feeling like they could get me right now. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're feeling an ounce vulnerable, you avoid things. You avoid it. But thank you so much for writing this. Is there, you know, we've seen some excerpts about maybe John Travolta and some other things in the news, you know, since your book has come out. Is there, mm-hmm. uh, have you had any peace with your family that's still in there in Scientology? No. no. Doesn't that, that no. stinks. I'm and- sorry for you. And and that's, uh, you know, the other reason why I wrote the book. It, the book is addressed to my children that are still in Scientology mm-hmm. with the hope that one day they will read it. And this came about from some some very brilliant advice from the person I consider is the, one of the all-time greatest American writers, which is Lawrence, Lurie, uh, Lawrence Wright, who wrote Going Clear. And mm-hmm. I was talking to him and I said... Larry, you know, people are telling me to write a book. What should I do? Da, da, da. And he said, here's my best piece of advice to you. Write a book that is important to you, that has meaning for you. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, the, the best book I think I ever wrote was one that nobody knows about, really, and it's about letters to my parents. He said, knowing your story, I think you should take the time to write the story for your children. Your mm-hmm. life from what you want your children to know about you because they don't know you and what you went through and what your thought processes were and how you feel about it, that is what I think would make a great book. And that's what I've attempted to do. We're so excited to read it. We didn't have time to get it. It This is such a big deal to us, Mike, that you're on our show. You know, Lori and I... um, like I said, Scientology has kind of been our thread for 20 years that, mm-hmm. that we've been on the air. Is um, Are you and Leah going to be doing more TV together? 
Well, I don't know. That depends if any network wants to, to you know, air Scientology-related stuff. <laughs> they, they get a lot of threats and a lot of pressure, and right. A&E withstood mm-hmm. it, and, and they took it on, so maybe someone else will at some point. But not there's nothing uh, imminent. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Right. Do you think? Um, do you think, Mike? That? Um, or do you think that Tom Cruise? Like he just? How come he never gets asked about Scientology on a red carpet? Because he insists that nobody ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going to get blackballed. Uh, you yeah. know, when he does press we have to go. for movies, he requires that they agree not to ask him about okay. it in order to get the interview. We're going to oh. talk to you again, Mike. We're Mike is off. fabulous. Thank you so much. Buy the book, people. It was so great talking Thank to you. Thank you, ladies. Okay, Absolutely. Lovely talking to you. Thank okay, you. Okay, lovely. A Billion Years, My Escape from a Life in the Highest Ranks of Scientology by Mike Rinder. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me October 4th for Unknown Subject, Season 3 of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms. Forms.